to Press Play, only on Stony Brook Radio, WUSB 90.1 FM. I'm one of your hosts, Lewis Maroney. I'm the opinions editor here at the Stony Brook Press, the school's uh, culture magazine. And um, let's go around and introduce uh, who we've got here today. We've got a bit of a short pairing here, a bit of a short group, small group, if you will, but an intimate one nonetheless. We've got Connor Rooney, staff writer and uh, empl- guy who works for the radio station here. Hey. we yeah, got still here. Dalvin. He's our, one of our culture editors. Yo, oh, we got more mics. Share that mic. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Bobby. We've got a lot of mics in the studio. <laughs> it's like just echoes. Yeah. And we've got Ricardo. I'm just a member. Feel me? I'll, I'll be distant, but I'll be here. <laughs> so we have a few topics today. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. All um, should we just go over them? Uh, a, f- a few of them uh, here before yeah, we start. Talk about yeah. First? Cardi B's new album. Let's go with Brookfest first because I think Brooke that's Fest. a pretty relevant topic. That's a relevant and fresh topic. It like really a fresh is. wound. Um, well, the the last bit was yeah. the fresh. The last bit, yeah. the, last bit the first. Yeah. So like we were yeah. all at we were all, we were all at Brookfest. <laughs> um, Dalvin, you and I went with Lay. Carter, you were there. Connor worked it. I um, was working. Yeah. Jay Critch uh, and uh, A Boogie opened up the show with a pretty strong performance, I must say. And then that led to Twenty One Savage, who I did not stay for, and yeah. none of us here did either. Yeah, yeah Twenty One Savage was bland. Like I heard the first couple of songs. <laughs> they weren't really worth it, in my opinion. I don't know. A Boogie and Jay Critch kind of stole the show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. like they they really brought it. Like you could tell they were trying, even though. This is, like, a thing with every Brookfest, because, I don't know, maybe this school just isn't, like, a rapper hip-hop school, no. though, because, like, the crowd wasn't having it. Like, with A Boogie, you could tell, like, he was bringing it, and, like, the crowd did kind of, like, the energy kind of, like, brought up, was, like, up for a minute. Yeah, but, like, outside of that, it kind of, like, you know, they didn't respond as much as they should have, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I speaking personally, though, like, when a boogie came on, bro, like I was, I was bumping, bro. I I was actually on the floor for on the show, and um, I was like in the mosh pit of like everything, and I had to like leave because it was too like sweaty to many people in there. <laughs> so I stood all the way in the back and by myself, bro. A boogie, I I had to turn up, bro. It was too lit, bro. A boogie was his entrance was just insane. The yeah. whole he had the energy that was brought up. During that set was great. Jay Critch was a little bit short, though, his set, I feel like. Yeah. He was kind of just in and out. I mean, I was kind of expecting that, though. I didn't yeah. think he was going to take a much time, to be honest. You know, like, yeah. I felt like... Like, in order. He did exactly what he had to exactly, do. Exactly. He did the yeah. songs that everybody knew. Yeah. That were all popping. Exactly. Yeah. He didn't need to go he, on much more. Yeah, he went about his way. Like, that's what, we, that's what you want from... My biggest thing, I've never been to a concert besides this, you know? And, like, I fear that if I go to, like, a big-name concert, it's kind of like they all they, they always sing, like, their album stuff, you know? They yeah. don't sing their best stuff. So it's, like, it's cool like, that... you're just he, trying to fill up time. Like, this isn't... Yeah. yeah. yeah, you, yeah. I, like, I like the fact that he came out and he did his best stuff, and he was like, all right, I'm out of here. Like, next performer. Like, exactly. Like, just keep it, keep it concise. Keep it in there. That's it. Yeah. Do um, you think it was worth it? For, for, I mean, do you uh, think? Do you think like these big shows are worth it? I yeah, mean, do you think? Do you think it's worth it to yeah, to have so. these giant shows at the beginning and the end of the year, or to have you know yeah. smaller shows spread throughout where you might get a smaller artist that means more to a smaller group of people, and then repeat that for different like you know? I'm not. Wait, don't they usually do back to the brook? Did they do that last semester? Yeah, we did. They had yeah. Post Malone for that. With oh, Post wait, and, that's uh, what that, oh, right. Slushy. Post Malone and Slushy. Yeah. So, slushy the DJ. Slushy. Slushy, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, he was complaining about playing really you know, on Twitter after. Yeah. Oh, you told me about that. Yeah, he was. He was like, "Oh, New York crowds are tough." It's like, my mic. Dude, you got to write up advice. Like, pipe down. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and also, also, um, the backstage stuff is really. really oh yeah, the funny. pizza, pizza. I'm not gonna call it Pizzagate. I won't call it Pizzagate. We'll call it Pizzagate, I guess. But um, we're reclaiming that name. I can't believe I just said Pizzagate on the air. We're reclaiming it. Um. <laughs> So so the story goes that 21 Savage and his rider, I guess, wanted some pizza, and he came late, for one. Uh, and two, he didn't go on when he was supposed to, A, because he was late, but also when he, uh, um, just because his pizza was cold. That's why he didn't go on. <laughs> God. So. Yeah. Someone, 
It was either on his account or like a boogie's. Someone posted on Snapchat where you see him just like hovering his pizza over one of those like hand dryers in the bathroom. Oh yeah, they tried to heat the pizza up with the hand. Some guy tried to reheat the pizza with the hand dryer. I'm like, bro, that's gross. <laughs> that's really like, the amount of rusted <laughs> metal so going gross. into that pizza from the air. <sighs> oh god, cheese and sauce splitting on the walls. Yeah, oh, that that just goes to show like the bathroom too. <laughs> How prima donna these, yeah, these yeah. arms could be. And on sanitary, but yeah. 21 Savage <laughs> is mad hood, like. Exactly, and, and like you're acting like this, you wouldn't expect that. Though. Yeah, like right. my you pizza is cold, bro. I eat cold pizza, boy. That shit is, <laughs> yeah, done, like, oh, that shit is done good. Like, <laughs> yeah. what you complaining about? <laughs> it is good food. I'll, I'll yeah, give yeah, cold pizza is not horrible. Like, damn, like. You really had to. Warm it up. But he got. But you know what? Is cold pizza good for a guy? That Amos Burchard covered for the fader? I don't think so. And that did 21 Savage, apparently. 24, um, 24 Savage. <laughs> 24, did I say 24 Savage? Yeah. Well, there's like a few 21. There's like 22 Savage, right? Yeah. I meant 21 <laughs> Savage, my bad. No, yeah, but there's, there's, 20, there's 22. So <laughs> there is a 22 Savage, though. It's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, and also, Jay Critch did, by mistake, throw his mic. Oh, he did. Crap. It was an accident. He said he tweeted yeah. about that. Oh, it slipped. <laughs> yeah. Yo, it slipped, man. Yo, so. that that'd be crazy, bro, to take that home as like, souvenir. Like, I mean, I'd be honored, honestly. Like, yeah, that's yeah. like, a story to tell. It's like cutting a guitar. <laughs> you tell your your kids, yeah. I got, I got. I got Jay Critch. They got that scar above your forehead. <laughs> Jay Critch is my sliced my uh, forehead skin open. Nah, low key, that hurts uh, though. That. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a microphone, the metal microphone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right in your face. Heck yeah. Like, I was like, it was lit though, so I don't care. Like, oh, was yeah, just, like, word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, uh, um, Straight I'm going to gather some songs here mm-hmm. so that we can come back from a short break, uh, with, with more. Um, and we'll get some more topics and, like, you know, things to talk about bef- in the, in the Google yeah. Doc before. So here's the voids with, uh, we're uh, where we were. Julie, that's the luck.
And we're back. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, we're back from that. Uh, that was the voids, and uh, we're gonna segue to our next topic, which is um, Cardi B. The new Cardi B album just came out, and uh, the Queen is killing it, guys. What did you think of the album? I felt like it was a very fun endeavor. It's you know. It's Yas Queen music. It's fun party music you can hang out with your friends with. It's good kind of like, you know what it's going to be, but that's not a bad thing. It's good music. It's good fun, just, you know, good time music. And I thought, um, yeah, I gave it a good like 7 out of 10. I'd say it was solid. What you guys think? Uh, yeah, I, I dug it. It was definitely fun. Like, after the release of her, the single before this, Be Careful, there was like a lot of debate over whether... Um, She's got a ghostwriter and all this garbage or whatever. But it's like, if you really listen to her rapping, it sounds legit. Like, oh, no. You can tell, like, she, like yeah, at least from my yeah, perspective. Like, like a sample, though. Like a, it was a reference track. It was a reference but, track. Yeah. Uh, you know, my whole thing, um, I kind of felt ultimately that she, at some level, it was going to come out that she had a ghostwriter anyways. Yeah, course, and yeah. I, I mean, Nikki has been accused of having a ghostwriter. You know what I mean? It's And for women writers who are not... Real MC, she's not an MC Light, she's not a Foxy Brown, she's not um, a young MA. So, had have it, or a little Kim even, where it comes out that somebody was writing their lyrics, then it's kind of different. Just like a Drake, it's nobody's gonna take it as serious if it's a, if somebody says Kendrick has a ghostwriter, then there's a problem. But because Drake is such a well rounded artist and he's not a rapper per se, yeah. then you know, I, I don't think I don't think it's a problem. It's not going to be a knock to Cardi because I felt like he's, he had a writer a anyways. Yeah. You, that's, anyway. That's your opinion. He, he's a rapper. <laughs> he he rapper? raps when he wants to. He's a rapper. And that, but I'm not, that's not a knock on him though. He's an artist though. Yeah. He's he's a well-rounded. He can do country if he wants to. He's a concept more so than I think an actual like. And he's just as corny. And he's just and he's just as corny. No, I agree. I agree. I'm with Quarry on this. And Hotline Bling is country grammar. He I'm telling Nelly. you, he's right. I'm telling you, how I'm playing is country I mean, grammar, man. It's thing. close to Nelly. He's Nelly, man. Uh, Nelly had the whole generation, man. I'm going down, down, baby. Come on, man. You, I know when that hotline bling. You no, know, you know. You that like even that beat though, that like. <laughs> burp, burp, burp. Who's uncle are you, bro? You like that beat? Come on, man. Nah, but back to the topic on Cardi B's. I don't know, man. I. I thought the Be Careful single was hot. Yeah, yeah no, I, yeah. I thought it was good too. Like, I messed with she it. She yeah. I don't like. I didn't prefer her like her singing kind of like yeah. that kind of area. Like, she is just better rapping, like just straight up like spitting. But, as but my thing, actually. my thing with the album is just I feel like I don't know. Like her voice is just it doesn't. I don't think she's like album. You know, she's more like. She's on track. She's yeah, on, she's a, track. she's yeah, a track-based artist. Yeah, yeah, no. See that that was my biggest fear with this project as a whole was could she put together a full curated album? So it was and, like a collection of right, you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and as opposed to a mixtape, and she mm-hmm. kind of exceeded every expectation I had for an album. And you know, with, with Bodak Yellow is a club hit. You mm-hmm. know, Bodak uh, Cartier Barty, club hit. When she when I heard uh, "Be Careful," it kind of gave me this. Oh, she has like a soft spot. There's a sweet yeah. spot there. There's a yeah. innocence there that you know the the yeah. Cardi B persona that she gives really isn't there. But it, and it's it's beautiful because now you know we have the funny, we have yeah. the crazy, we have the hardcore, and now we have the oh but moment. I'm, I'm yeah, pregnant on top well, of that, which is I beautiful. I feel like that song is only for that song because a lot of the other songs on that album it's just... still like she goes hard on it like get up 10 the intro track oh yeah right that's low-key bat- yeah. hard like that sounds like yeah. like like me like she doesn't really <laughs> that sound like, like yeah wait I was, it was some dreams and nightmares type stuff going on yeah like, like but like she didn't really give up that persona like yeah there were those moments where it would kind of like falter and be an emotional probably with rings the song with kalani on there that was that was like another one that kind of like aired on like the sadder side but besides that it was just like straight like like she came in with that straight aggression really right. as opposed to like anything like really emotive or soft which I feel like that that maybe is just like what she's better at for whatever reason maybe it's just like her voice maybe it's just her tone maybe it's just her persona but nah, I don't I don't give key, a whatever low key she does she, she does show pain you know like you could hear there's 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 some like under Underlining stuff. I think the, I think there. the pain for her is like feeling like an underdog, though. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like her her whole story is kind of pain, where it's like I was just a stripper four years ago. That and that's the mentality that she still has, where she's 
Like she said, regular, regular, you know what I mean? Girl, like that's just who she <laughs> is. And given how successful she's become, she hasn't lost that. And I don't ever want her to lose that because that is truly who she is. And I don't think anybody's going to try yeah. to alter and mess with that because, you know, it's, it's been successful for her. So, she doesn't forget like who she is or like where she like you know her roots are right. per se, and that's a, and that's like the biggest thing you can ask of an artist to do, especially someone like Cardi B, who's like, again, is really more of a concept I think than a full on like rapper. She's just kind of a full package, and like you can all hope that that stays legit and doesn't fall into the kind of uh, just you know follower chasing approval, chasing money, chasing kind of uh, I mean, mentality. She doesn't need to. She's just like it's what. Just looking at her career, just how it's progressed so far, yeah, it's wild. Like she went from basically nobody to superstar status, right. and, and it was like her first. What single feels too. like overnight, even right. though she had like mixtapes in the right. in the back and everything, but, like really grinding. And, and or whatever. she did a she did an interview with um, Ebro Darden, in Hot ninety seven. I don't she know did. if she saw yeah. you know, and he asked that exact question where it was like, "How are you dealing with this overnight success?" She just came back and and you know kind of disproved that whole spell of what you know we see as you know the perception of overnight success, which is not true to with anybody. So she was really actually putting out right. tapes that and nobody was looking at for a bit and then it's like oh okay exactly and and I think uh, for her uh, she keeps that with her through everything she does and I think with her coming out with this rugged persona in the beginning uh, kind of solidifies that she doesn't have to change because it's successful you know a lot of PR people may want to change somebody when they come in with you know what seems to be you know kind of this ghetto tone or she you know she's too loud and nobody's tried to tone her down or I can't even say that because I don't know what happens behind closed doors but she hasn't toned down and I don't think she's going to which is how do you beautiful. feel about like because of course there's that like article it's like oh Cardi is the new Tupac it's like everyone's the new Tupac but I've heard comparisons yeah. where like oh Cardi's like she's coming with them Missy Elliott vibes like she's coming in with like these vibes like I'm like okay just let her be her like, let her be Cardi B like, don't, yeah exactly like try yeah. stop trying to compare her like to yeah. some other precedent yeah, artist that's not that's not something that you know you can't you can't ever run away from that that's, you know, yeah you're, all, you're thing, right like you're, yeah, you're, you're always gonna there. be put next to somebody yeah you know? LeBron is always gonna that's be just, compared to Mike and it's, it's, it's natural yeah. yeah it's not so much like a thing where it's like but, oh but I like don't, I don't think it's natural because I think it's just become the norm. I don't think yeah, it's na- yeah, like no, it, nothing's natural. Like I don't like if somebody has a similar writing style or they have a similar tone of voice, and we're automatically gonna say like you know Casanova and DMX. Like I've heard that before, just because they yell a lot, or, or you know uh, Six Nine and and DMX. I've heard that one, and it's like their content is nothing alike, but just because they sound like you know or like a magic even you know go more sports. It's like Magic Johnson, LeBron. It's like yeah. okay, I get it. They're anomalies. They're Six Nine point guards with vision and a handle, but they're not the same player in any regard. So I didn't read the, the and it was Punch that said that at TDE who yeah, wrote that just, article. Did yeah, you, for I didn't, DJ Boots. It's like, yeah, from like a voice like that, it's like, oh, maybe there's something there. But like, I, I get the fact because like, the only way, like, okay, the only other person I could hear like the comparison between Tupac is maybe, this is going to sound weird, but like Childish Gambino, he called himself Tupac. But that's because like, if you look at Tupac, he's probably the, like outs like probably like the '90s era rapper who kind of bridged the gap between multiple mediums, not just in music but also yeah. television, movies, and all this. And of he course, like you have childish, he's like, oh yeah, he yeah, raps, and of course, like he's a the, the thing with that is, is I I even feel like Cardi B's a better a better artist to like compared to Tupac than Childish Gambino because yeah, no, yeah. she's just starting and she's gonna be on TV bro exactly. and she's gonna yeah, be on TV she's been on TV that's the thing she's been like, on, yeah. you know how many talk shows she's been on she's been on hip hop yeah. I mean but let me yeah, yeah, yeah. that was oh, she I started from oh that yeah, 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 yeah. and people always forget that I mean I, yeah. like she wasn't the main character but that was her style she's been a personality forever it's just that now it's mainstream now it's widespread we're paying attention now right yeah. What was the comparison to to like what was punches? No, he was oh, just wow. saying how like they they bring a large group of people together. You know, like is everybody. Old music. Every, like, <laughs> I, like, I don't. Is that the point? <laughs> Hold I, on. I don't wait. even necessarily. Think okay, it's so about music though. Basically, what he said was like, just like all of us, Punk is a walking contradiction. He displayed the full spectrum of emotion for the longest song, and I think he's saying that basically like, um, Tupac touched people on a deep level, and he's saying. Cardi is in a weird way too, I guess, because I didn't read the article. I just, I just, I found out about it today. Just I think, article. I think he's just trying to say that like she's connecting with the masses, I feel, you know. Yeah. And Tupac did the same, and she, bro, she, she really is because everybody is loving Cardi. Right now. Oh, okay. Here's what he means by that. She's like, 
Okay, so he says the reason why is because she embodies a lot of similar characteristics in the qualities of Tupac. She's a straight shooter from the hip. Her interviews are as raw as her music. She's politically incorrect, yet her charisma means right. you cannot stop watching and listening That's to her. That's accurate, though. Nah, like, if you, like... Yeah, and I agree She with says that. what she means. She's and not I, beating around the right. bush, which you have to Exactly. What he yeah. meant in terms of her being Tupac and hearing yeah. that kind of gives it a lot more clarity a, yeah. it makes a lot more sense I feel like anytime you hear like something like that so it, it can like you always have to like really it doesn't always mean music or like cultural impact or it's, it can sometimes mean like it sometimes is on a deeper level like, if you look at all those old Tupac interviews like he doesn't like he never shies away from like. Oh, of course not. He, exactly. Yeah. There's no way he had a PR person. Or oh, absolutely did, not. If they did, they were changing every week. <laughs> and it's like you know, like any Tupac interview you go back and watch, he couldn't be controlled. No. And in a weird way, I felt like that led to his demise. Um, mm -hmm. but and I feel like he kind of had to. Like, Pac couldn't have gone on the same way he would have. Something would have happened. You know what I mean? Something would have had to change. Because you Tupac couldn't be Tupac today. He'd have too much power and yeah. he'd be way too influential. And it's like it's sad to see it happen, but his impact to see that twenty one years later, twenty two yeah. years later, it's still the same and the message is still being received the same is incredible. It really is. Would uh would Tupac be like Killer Mike taking L's left and right if he was alive nowadays? Oh <laughs> that whole thing. You know what? I'll take it a step further and then say <laughs> I don't think people would be as politically correct if he was alive. Oh, really? I just think he was that powerful. Okay. I think if if it would have become if would have became the norm that Pac could have been a politician if he wanted to. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's I agree how, with that. You know what I mean? That, so things. And he also had party like giving like political takes, which is like. Oh yeah. Of course, from coming from her position as like someone, as like an ex stripper, like of course that's I, I don't know. There's but like just kind of like oh her being like a disenfranchised group and all that like whatever. But it's like. She's coming at like from a voice that you don't usually hear. No, like exactly. usually it's like always coming from these voices where it's like okay, right? Like bro, I I get it, I get what you're saying, but it's like oh okay, like she's just saying something really raw. Like she's right. saying something like really straight that like even like the quote unquote woke people don't even even get. Yeah. exactly like right. she's against that like right. in a way which I right. I can't. Yeah. No, I like that. I yeah, and I, you know what? One thing I think that's worked in her favor is she kind of took the the B Rabbit Eight Mile approach where she embodied everything that people could have used against her. Okay. So, you yeah, know, like, exactly. you know, in that rap battle, it's like, I am white, I am a bum, I am, you know, you did do this. And it's like, now that I've told you everything, I self-deprecated yeah. myself to the yeah. point where anything that you say, the videos are out there. I'm, you know, yeah. whatever. Now, I now, said it first, so you could make fun of me. I said it already, so what's the point? With you, but I just have money now. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> true. Like, yeah. I'm, just, I'm I have still money better than now, you, bro. Like, yeah. you know? Yo, I got money. At Cardi B. <laughs> yeah, one thing about that album, it's like I, you're definitely gonna hear like a few of those songs just oh, being yeah. bumped throughout the summer. Honestly, like those are some great material on there for real. And uh, that's for sure. Are we gonna put on a song from the Cardi B album? Yeah, this like is yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, what's the song name? It's uh, uh, I like it. Uh, the one featuring Jay Balvin. Here we go. Diamonds, I like stunning, I like shining, I like million dollar deals. Where's my pen? I'm signing. I like those Balenciagas, the ones that look like socks. I like going to the Tula, I put rocks all in my watch. I like sexes from my exes when they want a second chance. I like proving wrong. I do what they say I can't. They call me party, party, banging body, spicy mommy, hot tamale, hotter than a Somali bird. Go, go. Hop off the stool, jump in the coop They dip on top of the roof Flexing on as hard as I can Eating halal, driving a lamb So that bitch, I'm sorry though Got my coins like Mario Yeah, they call me Cardi B I run this shit like cardio I'm in district in the chain Bank. Yeah. This is the new religion bank. Like, 
Latino gang, gang, yeah. Está toda servieta, pero es que en el closet tengo mucha grasa. Ya mude la Gucci pa' dentro de casa, yeah. A ti no te conoce ni en plaza. El diablo me llama, pero Jesucristo me abraza. Guerrero como Eddie, que viva la raza, yeah. Me gustan boricuas, me gustan cubanas. Me gusta el acento de la colombiana. Como me ve el culo la dominicana. Lo rico que me chinga la venezolana. Andamos activos, perico, pim, pim. Billetes de 100 en el maletín. Que retumbe el bajo, Bobby Valentín, yeah. Aquí prohibido mal, dile charitín. Que perpico le tengo claritín. Yo llego a la disco y se forma el motín. Tengo el azúcar. azúcar Tú que va medio Y se fue de pecho como Jimmy Luca Te vamos a tumbar la peluca Y arranca pa'l carajo Que a ti no te va a pasar la boca Mi tía ni Valenciaga Me reciben en la entrada Pa, 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 pa Si, like I'm Lady Gaga Y no te me hagas Que en cover de vivo Tú has visto mi cara No salgo de tu mente Donde quiera que viajes Escuchado mi gente Ya no soy high soy como el testa rosa, soy el que se la vive y también el que la goza, 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 es la cosa, mami es la cosa, el que mira sufre y el que toca goza, goza, goza. I said I like it like that, 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 I'm the district in the chat. And we're back. Uh, we are live. That was a track from the new Cardi B LP. I uh, hope you guys liked it. Um, I guess we'll segue into our next topic, which, uh, which I believe was is going to be kind of an old story, I guess, at this point, kind of, right? Are we going to the one that we're going to? Independent music journalism. Independent music journalism. All right, yeah. So, That's uh, something I think everyone can kind of chime in on. Yeah, we can talk about this. So, so um, what I have written here is like the evolution of blog-based music journalism. Where, so what's, like what's this on? Google Doc? The Google oh, the Google, oh, the Google Doc, the Tremont article. So it's just like the evolution of like blog-based music journalism, so like the early 2000s when everyone could just write whatever they wanted. Well, yeah, on a, so... On a blog, generally, yeah, I mean... So so basically, like, um, where this comes from is uh, Shallow Rewards, Chris Ott. He was a writer at Pitchfork during the early days, 99 to, like, 04. Um, he wrote for The Village Voice. He actually took over for uh, Chris Gav after he left. Um, and then he, he left very quickly, but basically... Um, Back in like 2000 and I want to say 13, came out with a video. He does a video series called uh, Shallow Rewards. And he came out with a video where basically it was like his manifesto against like mainstream music journalism as a career because he was saying that these writers who, you know, these these New York media types, these, you know, these writers who were taking jobs at publications like Vice and at that point Pitchfork as well. Um, Spin Magazine is one of those he's called that very frequently, NME, um, were basically, um, hurting the music industry and just music in general because they were contributing towards corporatization and co-option of of music as a way to sell ads and to make money by these venture capital firms. And so basically, uh, and he ended up calling out like specific writers by name, pre- predominantly Craig Jenkins from Vulture as well as Liz Pelly. Um, and his argument has always been the solution is to just do it on your own. Not even a, a one in also in the form of a personal blog, but also just in terms of small independent in, or independent um uh, not, you know, free nonprofit, you know, publications like you know, like a, for example, our friend, uh, kind of your friend Alex is like Sweet Static, like mm-hmm. something like that. You know, it's, it's not like ad based. It's very much something done out of just his passion for me. That's more so what he uh, goes in favor of. 
Now, that being said, that video made him kind of like, in many ways, public enemy number one of the music journal, the comedian in general. But I'm thinking, but I, but I feel like it's a very interesting topic because, aside from that, you have people like Jeff Weiss, uh, who's written at LA Weekly, and Vice, who has his personal site, Passion of the Weiss, which is an in, uh, independent music publication. You also have, you know, um, uh, Dan Golden does Post Trash. And I want to know what is your thoughts on all this in general? Um, you know, and also. You know, because have we evolved from the days of MP3 blogging back in the two thousands with people like Andrew Nosnitsky, David Drake, um, Emily Friedlander? You had sites like So Many Shrimp, Cocaine Blunts, um, and uh, Visitation Rights. All these that were independent blogs. Although David Nosnitsky has become actual, like you know, not I don't want to say actual, but you know, they become like mainstream editors and journals for actual publications. So I want to know what your thoughts on all of that collectively is. And I'm going to start. Um, whatever wants to. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of stuff. We'll narrow it down. So, like, independent journalism. We'll start with that. What are your thoughts on that Chris Hodd argument? It's place. I guess it's place in. in, in Personally, like, um, I looked into it a bit. I'm not, like, super well-versed, but, like, I feel like you could just say this about just journalism in general, but especially, like, music journalism and culture journalism. There's always just kind of thing where if you look at, I don't know, outlets like Hip Hop DX or Hot New Hip Hop, it's, they've really just become sites for like music promotion kind of deal like there really is no like yeah. development mm-hmm. to it and it's it's a massive contrast than if you were to look at especially like the older really like older work from like magazines like The Source and Vibe oh, yeah. and all of them like it's like it's saddening to say but I feel like it's also it's a bit of like a there are like two sides to it it's like you could you could of course oh blame the outlets to just kind of like falling in step with the advertisers but in a way like there's a bit of consumer responsibility there like how many people are going to read your long depth like in-depth article about this artist like how many people are really going to dig into this work like of course there's going to be that niche audience that's always going to be up for that discussion always going to be up for that learning experience but like you have to realize like they're a business like they gotta run somehow so i feel like he's he's being like extremely critical for for them just for staying afloat really like yeah doing what yeah they i do. think i think you're right about like hot new hip-hop like i've yeah. like back then i remember when like in 2012 2013 like they were they were more like you know now they've just become like literally like an illegal downloading like <laughs> yeah but, like yeah. that's all that it is now yeah. like you pirate you get pirate singles off of hot new hip-hop but like before like it, it felt like you know i'm not a big like music like I listen to music I don't read about music you know but I've, I've sat there and like read a couple of their posts about like my favorite artists so like now that to see that they've come like they've become irrelevant like you know they don't I don't know I think with with the start of, of any of these um with any of these I guess online outlets um, particularly pertaining to, to hip hop music I would even say is that uh, and I, I say that just because I'm not familiarized with other genres and, and reporting yeah, on that. Yeah. But um, what usually happens is that these companies start, and, and like any company, start out to try and make a profit. And they don't start out making a profit. So there's this sense of fandom there. There's this sense of I'm writing about this because I'm passionate about it. There's a sense of like I'm trying to be informative. There's all of these factors that play into it. And then after a while when it ad revenue starts kicking up and you get a lot, uh, a lot of site viewership, there is some type of coercion there where it's, you know, like, well, why aren't we getting the same product? Why is this deteriorating? Why aren't we getting enough stories? And it's mainly because nobody really cares anymore because now it's like people are not coming to read the stories. I'm just coming to, like you said, I, I know that you guys have the music. You know what I mean? You guys have the music, and that's what's going to attract me. Mm-hmm. And if that's all y'all are coming to my site for, then why do I need to waste time paying a journalist or paying a freelancer or uh, wasting time writing an article when all y'all care about is coming to get the music anyway? That, you know what I mean? It kind of defeats the purpose. You know what kind of sucks, too, about, like, um, I just feel like artists nowadays, I don't even look at them as, like, as anything more than just, like, a fictional character. You know, like yeah, they, like, I yeah. never see them. You know, That's, they kind of yeah. just like exist in yeah. their own world. They put on, they put out the music, and I listen to it. You know, I'm not like I'm. A, I consider myself a big music fan, mm-hmm. but I only li- like if I want. I don't really like go into like hip hop news or anything. If anything, I watch DJ Academics. 
but like besides him, like, Jesus like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like they, like they, I just feel like they they just put out the music, and that's that's the point. Like you know, you're just supposed to enjoy it for yourself, not necessarily, you know. No, I feel that though, like because it does feel like a lot of like a lot of these problems don't just stem from the whole like advertising and like business side of things. It also stems from just like where like just the music is gone especially in the hip hop arena like what you said it's just filled with characters and like yeah. guys being memes and guys being memes like actually just like you're just trying to like like yeah outside of your music you're just doing all these social media antics to stay relevant honestly like there really is no like there re- it doesn't feel like there's that same backstory that you have that you could cover in depth like I mentioned like with older articles from like the source or something covering like golden era hip-hop like that is really in-depth like there's like there's the music angle there's almost like a political angle there like that crosses like boundaries where it's like this it's like oh look at what they did it's real funny like and and here's the big thing with um like you said the vibe uh vibe the source uh xxl what what happens is at one point they were the branch between the artist and the consumer now and now that this middle ground of, has kind of, like, I can go get the album a week before. Well, when CDs were being sold, Vibe was that person or that yeah. that uh, publication that you went to because they got the music first, right? So all these publications are listening to all of this music in advance, two weeks, three weeks in advance, and then they're saying, "Hey, Jay Z's, you know, Volume Two. Uh, Elliot Wilson did did a piece on that, or 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 DMX's uh, Hell Is Hot. You know, they got it two weeks in advance, or the Locks album. Or how, you know, uh, you know what's 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 awesome about that though. Like, well, I wouldn't say it's awesome, but I just feel like that all vanished with like social media in itself. You know, because you know, like you tune in to like these these um publications to like read basically an opinion. You know, but with social media, they post their stuff and everybody's commenting on their, like, you kind of get a vibe of what everybody's trying, like, how right. they feel about it, you right. know? Right, but you get instant feedback. That's the thing. Yeah. It's with, what happened is that a lot of these writers, I'll be honest with you, got big-headed and thought they were bigger than who they, what they actually were. And because they were trying to grow as, as writers in, in, in this field, they thought, you know what, my, my word rules over all. And then you have artists saying, you're a writer, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not an artist. You don't make music. So why are you telling me that your opinion weighs more than somebody I met on the street who's listening to my music? You sat with my music for two weeks and you came to an yeah. opinion? Like, come on. That's the Brock Hampton response to, like, Pitchfork when like, right. they gave a sick... I don't remember. Or Kanye when you know, Pitchfork gave, like... Or I don't know if Pitchfork... Like the and the MTV News thing. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know if everyone knows about that or not. The, the publications are basically at the art. Yeah. So... Anything, anything without the artist. Right. Yeah. It's like, you have to, in a way, you kind of have to please them. Right, and, and see, with a lot it's more... It's weird, like, even if they, even if the artist's music is terrible, even if, like, but, the artists themselves are terrible people, which is, like, of But that was, like, the MTV thing was crazy, because, like, David Turner, he, he gave... Uh, coloring book a positive review but there was only one section where he gave it like a slightly negative comment he said the, he felt like that coloring book was not quite on the emotional depth and personal depth as acid rap and Pat the Matt yeah, that's what he said I'm, not, I'm just quoting and then Pat the manager saw that on Twitter and he's like oh and showed the chance and they were like this is wrong either this needs to be altered or changed or we're gonna pull out of MTV you know music festivals and such and then Kings of Leon follows suit and so you're like yeah <laughs> but then that follow and but it leads to this thing of like what kind of uh, you were saying I agree with it like how are you gonna tell him to alter his yeah. view on your but, it's not even like it's it's not even like a crazy view like I'm sure there are probably some of his fans that might feel that way I agree know? with that TV right. like who yeah like um, what I will say to, the, to your first point, where you you kind of mentioned um, like the publications losing or, or power losing grip yeah. in a way, um, was really caused by a lot of artists being independent now. Anyways, and mm-hmm. at one point it was a it was a it was like mandatory that you know if somebody was sounding deaf, damn, they had to do an interview with XXL, yeah, they had to do yeah, an interview true. with Vibe. So now it's like if Six Nine doesn't want to do an interview. He's not gonna do an interview. He's not signed to any big label. If if you know X doesn't want to do an interview with anybody, doesn't have to do an interview. It's like it's not gonna hurt so him. So now we just now, go on Twitter, Facebook, exactly. whatever. It's just like and now it, that's causing MTV to be on their knees. It's causing uh, whatever a pitchfork mm-hmm. to be on their knees. It's causing these guys to like, all right, listen, we'll give you a positive rule. Just come down and do an interview. Basically, at this point, and it's it's deteriorating the, the journalism ultimately. So that leads to the question: as someone you know, 
we're all dudes here. We read about music. You know, we read about culture and stuff. I want to know, like, what is this? Um, what is the role of music journalism nowadays? Because Twitter is the new pitchfork. You know, people don't. You know, like, that's the thing. Like, what? Because considering all you just we just said here, like people are going for the music. What is the role of like a music writer and like of like a you know a culture and music journalist? Like, what is the role of a fader cover story in terms of the greater culture? And they you know, like, which is what I want to know what your dad's thoughts on that is. I feel like they should keep doing what they're doing. You know, like no, I agree. Like, you don't be afraid to criticize a, a artist's work and. Don't don't be afraid to have an opinion. I feel of like course. it's the artist's job. If I feel like it's the artist's job to use the publications to, you know, help create a buzz for themselves. Like even though they have it through like social media, like I think you could even get a bigger buzz. Like if if six if somebody from Fader says that six nine is whack, and then six nine goes to to Fader and like sits down with the guy, you know, and they discuss it, like. Yeah. I'd listen to that. It's like there's know? no such thing as bad press kind of thing. Like, yeah, you're getting you're getting your face out there, <laughs> regardless. Right. I, I think um, to to answer your question, kind of, um, I like I I point because music and sports are so similar. I, well, hip hop and sport and, and sports are so yeah, similar yeah, yeah. because it is a competitive field. Um, what I will say is, look to sports journalism, right? Hmm. To Stephen A. Skip Bayless, all these guys opinion highly opinionated. Go to Twitter. Right, and you see the highlights of a LeBron game, and look how many people under the color LeBron, you suck. This, that, and the third, and those are some of the same sentiments that we hear on ESPN. Yeah. But then there's this disconnect where it's, I see Stephen A. as kind of this celebrity, you know, pop figure, and I see Skip. There's not, I don't see that for music journalism. Yeah. I don't I see like Adam Twenty Two isn't like, DJ Academics isn't that for me. You know what I mean? Like those guys are just regular academics is in his mother's basement. Like who are you? You know what I mean? It's true, Stephen A has some type of credibility. He's but been on a, I, a mainstream. But podcast. academics, it's not. It's not about like I know you know this, but it's not about stature. You know, it, I feel like it's more the reason why you would hold academics more like accountable to his opinion is because you know he has clout. You know, like regardless of anything, he he has yeah. a large following. Like, you yeah. know, yeah, I mean, but like, no, go like ahead, go, yeah, no, I mean, I feel like. I guess it's stature, but also like it's it's a, it's the idea of prestige. Stephen A. Smith is on like ESPN. He's been on like this highly like accredited thing. DJ Academics is this dude who like just got on the complex and made a platform on YouTube. Yeah, you know, which anybody can kind of do in it. So there's not like nobody says you know well, I can't really argue with Academics' word. And people argue with Stephen A. all the time. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a segment on ESPN at this point, but there is a certain respect level there. Like there's no like solid like. Oh, yeah, figurehead or like any corporation in music journalism yeah. is like oh you cannot mess with them right you like can't, exactly. the fader could easily like buckle through like buckle down or any of like even the better sites that cover music could easily yeah. but, buckle down there's no well, music like, is so I'm, subjective exactly. you know what I mean it's, it's like, so subjective yeah. you hear one thing I hear another it's like yeah. so that's it's kind of hard to gauge that you know that's true I just feel like I don't know you you could argue with I, I just I I wish that music journalism would just keep like keep doing what they're doing because you don't yeah. always see nowadays you don't always see like Kevin Durant on ESPN you know talking to or like LeBron or like I mean they, that's what it's leading to I mean look at all the players that are commentators yeah, but and, they but they mm. don't like they, Barkley but they don't they don't like like current players aren't out there like LeBron is not arguing with Stephen A Smith for saying James Harden's MVP right you know like. But in a That's way, why. like on the music side, it feels like it's gotten to that point where it's like almost you pay attention more to like artists beefing with other artists or like artists like just even like commenting on other artists than you do journalists do, honestly. Right. Which and, I mean, uh, I, you know what? And I'll yeah. say that dynamic is exactly why Everyday Struggle was such a success because you have yeah. the guy who's been through it, the guy with the experience, the guy who is the OG, and then you have the music journalist who is Nadeska and Academics. Mm -hmm. And when you take Joe out of that equation, you see exactly why Everyday Struggle <laughs> yeah. isn't anymore. worth watching anymore yeah. because the entertainment factor isn't there anymore. A, because the dynamic of having young and old, right, that argument is timeless. Uh, the, argue, the the dynamic of having a guy who hasn't experienced it and a guy who has. You know what I mean? So that that creates, you know, a great show and great content, um, and it shows you exactly how important the artist is or just how important having a Kenny A. Smith and a Shaq and a Charles Barkley along with uh, uh, Ernie Johnson. 
yeah. is on a you know on a Person, personality definitely matters like with anything that you pursue but i feel like it's harder to like you know like we're lazy bro like i think i think a, another reason why um everyday struggle was so like worthwhile is because you could see it you know like music journalism like you you're reading it it's not like as yeah, like you know, attention spans are probably smaller. Yeah, the yeah, attention span yeah. is just like you. Yeah. It's not as as fun when you're watching Joe Joe Budden argue with DJ Academics like from across right. the table. Right. You know, and like that's why even ESPN is so popular because you're watching these guys and argue. you could see exactly right. You know, right. It's not like I'm not reading ESPN magazines. I haven't touched the Sports Illustrated yeah, in I, years. Yeah, bro. I haven't either. That's like, crazy. I forgot about slam. Those. Like slam, slam used to be used my to be that was, yeah, that's and my they still thing, make man. wavy slam covers. Right. Like they, but they're still fire covers that's a, out that's there. That's a great point. That's you a know? great point. So I, I, so I get what you're saying is like there needs to be a visual aspect, and I'm surprised nobody is really taking aim at that. You know what I mean? Because then it's like, okay, you have Complex, which is the corporation with kind of everything on it, but it's not anybody independently doing it. But like, there have been, like, a few things, like, I guess, like, noisy to some degree if you count, like, their Vice stuff, but, like, yeah, like, they're... Ha- it's they're, not any... Like, exactly. it's not two people saying, hey, we're gonna do this, exactly. and Yo, we're gonna do it. Is that guy still popping on YouTube, which on guy? the bald guy? Oh, Fantano? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it's just him yeah. directly talking to the camera, though. Yeah. And yeah. even then, it's like... I mean, like I'm, I, I personally don't follow Fantano, especially yeah. like his hip hop rap coverage is. Yeah. For me, it's weak. I mean, like right. you can say whatever you want about his like what his take on rock music, but like rap is like. Yeah. Nah. yeah there's no engagement with. Nah, there's no engagement. Let's not get into that right now, though. But um, so yeah, guys, I think we had a pretty successful um broadcast here. Um, uh, follow me on Twitter at Lewis J underscore Maroney. Um, any shouts you guys want to make? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Dalvin and Hobbs. I- yeah. Follow me on Twitter, Ricardito, R I C A R D I T O underscore underscore underscore. Uh, <laughs> I love this guy so much. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> and uh, we're out, guys. Hey, Corey, what was that? All right, man. Go to the Stony Brook Press website. Stony Brook Yep. We have music coverage. We got culture, everything, social media. Anything you want. So all the social, social issues, social media, music, movies. Uh, keep it real, guys. Come through the sack, real seven K. Uh, general meetings tomorrow on Wednesdays at one yep. p.m. Come through and uh, yeah, pick up our issue. It's probably floating around on campus somewhere. You see it, some like yeah, somewhere. <laughs> Catch us next time, guys. Same kablam time, same kablam place.